Welcome, data enthusiasts. I am Joseph from Zuma, and this is our podcast, Data for Good. Here at Zuma, we are recruiters for senior data, insights, and analytics professionals, connecting you with Berlin's most influential and innovative companies. And today, we are joined by Marco Kolarek. He is head of data at Visual Asset Management, or VAM, uh, essentially a platform solution provider to monitor and protect personal and professional IP copyrights here in Berlin and globally. I understand you manage data science, analytics, and engineering there. Is that right, Marco? Yes, that's correct. Cool. Excellent. How's it going with you today? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast as well. I look forward to getting into it today. Sure. Super. Uh, and right to it. Today's topic, uh, I understand it is one of passion for you and, and certainly of interest in your, your commercial as well as uh, personal domain. We'll be looking at the middle ground between data science and engineering, the research engineer. Exactly, yeah. Super. Well, just before we get into that, I would like to know, as we do with all our uh, guests, about your first introduction and your first connection with data. Where did it start and, and, and what made you connect with it? Sure, sure. So um, I started working in the data area let's say seven years ago, 2015, when I joined Zalando. Um, and specifically, I joined the A-B testing team at Zalando, right? So this team is team is responsible for building an A-B testing platform internally that's used internally by other teams to run hypothesis testing, run A-B testing, right? To evaluate whether a potential new feature is better than the existing status or not, according to some KPIs. And um, initially, when I joined the team, um, I was officially a backend developer, so helping with the first iteration of the of the service, right? Building up the services. Um, but as uh, time went on and different requirements came along, I pivoted more into a officially kind of a data science position, but then in the end, determined as a research engineer position, and. Um, my role was basically to improve the analysis part of the testing, right? So of the, mm -hmm. of the hypothesis tests that were being run. Um, as, as a part of that, uh, I also collaborated on an open source library, an, uh, a library that we open sourced for Python called XPAN, which is short for experiment analysis. And um, But why I wasn't strictly a data scientist, let's say in, a, in the regular sense, is that I wasn't responsible only for the research part, right? For let's say for researching advanced, advanced statistical methods, et cetera. But my responsibility also was to implement this in a production setting, right? This is where the engineering part comes along. At Zalando at that time, I'm not sure if they do it still, maybe they do. They had a framework where they differentiated between a, let's say, data engineer, a research engineer, and a 
I believe there, it was called a research scientist, <laughs> which would be someone who is really, really deep into research, right? Um, they also have a department that's really doing, you can, you can imagine it like as Microsoft research, right? So a department mm -hmm. that's researching all kinds of different topics without necessarily having a production uh, goal in mind or a financial goal in, goal in mind, right? Just re doing research in general and then seeing what, what can be actually then used afterwards. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was my first first step into, into this direction. Brilliant. So you really do know about today's topic intimately. Yeah. Yes, I would say you, yes. Yeah, you, you very much lived and breathed it, I should say. Um, yeah, and I, I really like that already we're, we're starting to see that uh, the, the connection between the engineering side and the data science side uh, being the experimental uh, research and, and, of course, the uh, pipeline building deployment, that kind of um, those kind of tasks. But why don't you give your explanation? What is a research engineer? Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, maybe another way to put it is someone who has uh, an end to end responsibility for a data product or maybe data science product or machine learning product or some any, anything in that area where you would traditionally split the responsibility between a data scientist who does all the data science work so building a prototype basically right a prototype model or etc and a data engineer who then has to pick this uh, pick this pick this picks this up sorry and actually brings it into production right so ensures that all the software engineering best practices are being taken care of, that the code can actually scale, et cetera, et cetera, right? And uh, as a research engineer, um, how can you actually pull this off, right? Because it's not, 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 there's a reason why it's split into two roles initially. A data scientist has a, a lot of time and resources to actually go deep into a topic and be able to produce some kind of machine learning model, for example, right? Or some adv advanced statistical tool or whatever. Um, and they don't have the necessarily the time or the resources to to care, to worry about software best practices, uh, putting this into production, how it's going to actually scale, et cetera, et cetera. And how you can actually then do this in the end is that a research engineer has end-to-end -end responsibility, yes, but only for a smaller part of an, of an overall product, for example, right? Not, let's say, not a full-blown recommendation system for an e-commerce platform, right? That would be a very large uh, chunk of work, but maybe a subset of it, right? Maybe, uh, let's, let's take that as an example, maybe a part of the feature engineering that's necessary for the recommendation platform, right? So this person, this single role then is responsible to research different kinds of feature engineering that would fit for a recommendation problem. Of course, they, they collaborate with other, other team members as well on this, on the overall product, but they, they are responsible for the feature engineering for figuring out how to do, I don't know, one-hot encoding or whatever was necessary for this problem. But they can then actually also do it with software best practices in mind and launch it in production and it can scale, right? They, they know they have They've, they're also trained or have experience in, in other parts of this. Um, I think this is a bit 
this is a bit uh, rare, uh, especially because uh, at least this, that was the state a couple of years ago. I think it's, it's still happening. A couple of years ago, data science was really booming as an area, right? Everybody needed a data scientist. And, uh, but the hiring requirements for data scientists were not as well-defined, I think, especially because it was so new, right? So I've worked with data scientists um, in different kinds of companies, right? E-commerce, transportation, et cetera, et cetera, that weren't in any particular way specialized in these industries, right? Molecular biologists, geologists, et cetera, PhD, mm -hmm. right? They have a PhD in this area, which basically I'm assuming to the employer guarantees that this person can really go in deep into the topic <laughs> that's quite advanced and uh, knows advanced statistics, maybe has used machine learning before, et cetera, right? But exactly because of their background, there is no guarantee that they know software engineering best practices, right? They Maybe they've had a boot camp, they've done something more basic, right, on that side. And of course, they can produce a nice prototype, a, a good prototype that works on some kind of smaller data set, which is completely fine, right? And then when, whoever is higher up okays that, then it goes into production. But this is where then the skill set is, is lacking, of course, on the data science side, because mm. there's no reason for them to, to know this part, right? They've, they've delivered the model, that's it. Um, so that's traditionally how it looked. But nowadays, I think that uh, data science and the, and the general area of data is much more mature. And uh, a lot of companies realized that they need data engineers to actually put uh, put machine learning models into production or to to actually scale what uh, all the data science offerings that they have. Um, and then ultimately, as an evolution to that, uh, I see the research engineer happening more often, right? Because um, it's even more um, it, it just combines all of the necessary skills and it's easier for an employer, right? To have a, have a person who can then be responsible end to end. It's, it's very, very comparable, I think, to a full stack developer in a, in a regular, uh, let's say like regular web development sense where you have a single person who can do both front end and back end development. I, I see this, uh, this, the same thing for the research engineer, right? This is a person who can do the front end, let's say, which is deploy, which is maybe the, let's say the showing results right mm -hmm. but also the back end where everything needs to scale properly quality is kept in mind etc mm, okay now i understand but but it, it sounds like there's only certain circumstances where this research engineer would be uh worthwhile or valuable for example environments that separate um those uh, different parts of delivery. You mentioned um, that this person would only only cover end-to-end -end a small part of a solution or a subset of a solution. How about for organizations that don't separate their environments in such a way? Would this research engineer still be viable to the team given the breadth of tasks and responsibilities that they hold? That's a good question, and I would say that really depends, right? You've you've hit it, uh, you've hit the point correctly. It's it's about organization, right? How a how a companies organize their teams, specifically the data team. I would I would argue, right? Um, I would say that um, in a modern organization, 
a research engineer has has uh, their place definitely um especially for if you have a larger organization uh split into multiple different product teams let's say um what i've seen happening is uh an embedded data engineer so an embedded data person basically there was a data team there was a large data team that was responsible for let's say spinning up a data platform that can be used by other teams mm-hmm. but um after a certain point um most of the tasks concerning the data team are what we call firefighting tasks where um, upstream data producers are suddenly producing data that's of low quality or doesn't fit for whatever the needs are of, of the users of the data platform why this is happening is because often is that these teams the upstream data producers don't even know that they're producing bad data they don't know that this data is being used for some some, some other purpose right um, so this is why this the the term of an embedded enge- data engineer or data data person uh, came along, where you would then split the data team into its individual members, or leave a core data team and then uh, but extract some members out of the team, and send them to these teams specifically to work with them closely to understand better the product and also to guide them when they generate the data that there's certain data qualities in place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. And this is where I think the research engineer could also fit very nicely, because the research engineer, um, the position by its nature, needs to understand the product a bit better. It can't be completely agnostic about the product, right? While, let's say, most data engineers that are building a data platform, they don't, they don't need to know or don't have the capacity, of course, to understand the whole company, all of the products and all of their requirements, data generation capabilities, et cetera, right? But if you, as a research engineer, join a specific team like that, then yes, it's a single product. It's easier for you to understand. And you already know what needs to be sent further down the line to the data platform. Also, while you're in the team, you can think about data science use cases that are useful for the platform, for, for the product specifically, right? So I think I think definitely in, in larger uh, organizations, there's a, there's a place for a research engineer as well. Mm. Really depends the, on the organization. Yeah, the, the, there's a challenge that comes up again and again, and that's particularly on the data science side, where data scientists are... The, 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 let's just say there's a great demand for them to come with the commercial skills and not just the product skills or how they understand the product. W- with a really focused research engineer that's um, dedicated to that product and that, even that subset, how are they able to grasp those? Or is there a disconnect between the whole commercial outcomes the ultimate commercial outcomes on what they do in this highly granular um, position good point good point well i would um i wouldn't put any more pressure on the research engineer (laughs) i think this is already enough yeah i think this is already a lot of pressure um so yeah i think that uh i mean if uh Let's say we have a product team, right? And if the team is really focused on a cer- on certain goals, right? I, I would und- uh, I would at least I would expect that the team also knows their ultimate financial goals as well. They they should have some KPIs in place to track that as well, right? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, then as a research engineer, as a part of this team, if you're also then aware of the ultimately the KPIs that are being tracked to measure the performance of the team, you can work then alongside these KPIs, right, towards the same goal. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that much pressure on the research engineer by themselves, right? So um, this is a whole this is a team effort, right? The team needs to also know the, which direction they're going in and and why. Mm, understood. With, with the team, uh, okay. So I I think about why would why would a data professional want to become a data research engineer? Mm -hmm. What makes that position so attractive, do you think, rather than an end-to-end -end data scientist or an end-to-end mm -hmm. -end, uh, data engineer, you know, the, those different mindsets that are involved? No, no, sure, sure. Um, I mean, what's um, what's good about this, I think, is that you you make yourself more more attractive, potentially, to employers, right? If if this is what this this is your goal, right? You have just to have broader skill, more broader skill set, right? So, um, and uh, personally, for me, uh, what's nice about it is that um, I have this maybe negative personality trait where I like to have always at least two things that I work <laughs> at, right? So, uh, just for 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 me to enable a context switch, right? So that I can take a break from one thing and then work focus ah. on the other. Right. I like that thinking. Um, yes. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that as a research engineer, you, you by default, you have this, right? You have the research part, but you also have the engineering part. So you can always take a, let's say, take a break from, from one focus and then focus on the other. While as a pure data engineer or pure, pure data scientist, you can have different projects you work on, right? Of course, but ultimately they're going to be in the realm of data science or, or in the realm of data engineering but this is like this is my personal <laughs> personal take on it so depends how it fits to to it, someone right mm, mm. and thinking great well thank you for that i i understand a little bit about your thinking now and probably thinking of, of those in the kind of logical mindsets as well if we now look at the data team leader under what circumstances would they want to have a research engineer in the team? And would that research engineer replace any of the positions in the team, such as a data engineer or a mm -hmm. data analyst or a data scientist? Um, so um, I think it's um, a research engineer, I think is uh, beneficial in situations where you have a, you're initially developing a product, right? You could, I think you can really draw parallels between a research engineer and a full stack developer, right? If you're an early stage startup, you're not gonna, you're most likely not gonna hire a specific front end developer and a specific back end developer. You're gonna want a full stack developer. You, you're, you're gonna want one person because you're really early stage, right? Uh, that can do everything for you. And I think in an, in a larger organization, the same could apply, right? Uh, if you're just uh, starting out with a product, you are definitely gonna it's going to be easier for you if you just have easier to iterate easier easier to generate new new products new um, just iterate more quickly in development uh, if you have all of this in one person but then again if the product itself grows larger 
then it makes sense to specialize, right? It makes sense to have a special specialist data a person that's only focused on data science, a person that's only focused on data engineering. But we're talking about larger, more established, mature products in that sense, right? So that I think that as a data data leader, I think there's there's places for both in larger organizations. So or all three of them, let's say scientists and engineers and research engineers, um, depends on the use case. But uh, hmm. yeah. Okay, interesting. Where do you spend more of your time? Is it on the the research as a data scientist might, or is it on the engineering and deployment? Mm -hmm. Or is it completely equal? <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe I can speak better to the to the time when I was doing when I was officially a research engineer at Zalando, right? Uh, specifically, and I would say it was really really close to to half half right really really more more or less like but that's that's maybe also my character trait that i liked it like that like like to split my work like that mm, but what was nice in that context was that i really was responsible for a smaller chunk right smaller chunk of a larger product we've managed to cut it up into smaller pieces like that 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 that, that were that were more or less independent right that allowed me then to really focus on the research and then focus on the on the deployment of that smaller subset of a larger product, right? Um, so I think that, uh, like in general in 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 software engineering, I think I think that the concept of decoupling is good, right? Mm -hmm. Do one thing and do do it very well, really well. The, so it's just in general that this is what i i think the general direction in the data area is um, should be that we pick up as many learnings as we can from software engineering right um so because it's an established practice already and software engineers most most of the time know what they're doing right so <laughs> do, do, do you mean do you mean on the delivery of software so the processes or do you yes. mean Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, what should we keep with us, uh, you know, to take into best practice then from the software development lifecycle? Well, exactly. To maybe first, um, first to treat it as a software development lifecycle, right? To have releases, to have proper testing, quality, keeping in general best practices in mind, right? Um, there's there it's it's a large list of <laughs> what can be done, um, and uh, I, I'm seeing this I'm seeing this happen right with, with all kinds of different like for example DBT let's let's look at DBT as a tool right DBT uh, is basically uh, is facilitating this right is is uh, taking a more software engineering approach to data querying, to data quality, to to to, pipe, to to ETL pipelines, because it ensures versioning, it ensures all kinds of different things that are important in software engineering and that are that are, that are existing in software engineering for good reasons, right? So um, instead of let's comparing, let's say DBT to, I don't know, having a bunch of SQL scripts that nobody knows what they exactly do, have no comments, or cannot be really properly versioned, et cetera, et cetera, right? But it's all, all in somebody's head, you know, the, the, the data scientist that's been there for five years, he knows what's happening. Uh, but yeah, exactly. So this is what uh, what I think hmm. I, I'm seeing ha is happening. And I would encourage 
all organizations to go in the same direction. It really makes sense to invest in this. Right. Wow. Okay. So it, not just looking at organizations, but looking at uh, data professionals, I, I'm mm -hmm. thinking about if a data scientist or a data engineer should want to transition into this position. Uh, and, and with that, what would you suggest are the most critical tasks of a research engineer? Mm -hmm. um, so which are the most critical tasks? Um, and therefore, mm -hmm. and therefore in their transitioning, what kind of tasks should they be trying to take on more and more of to um, best prepare them for that research engineer position? Uh, no, no, uh, sure. Uh, well, there, there's two ways, right? Let's let's group it like that: from a data scientist into a research engineer, and from a data engineer to a to a research engineer. Let's let's take these two directions. I would say, like I've already mentioned, for a data scientist, learning more about software best practices, clean code, um, how to deploy into production. Um, about scaling in general, right? Learning about distributed systems—that's that's a that's a common task, common challenge that that comes around with any kind of data science product. These are these are really important uh, areas to look into. Um, and yeah, how to exactly do it? I'm a bit biased in this regard because uh, I'm a I'm a trained software engineer, right? <laughs> so I can't uh, can't maybe comment completely on how to do this but um there's so many resources out out there it's just that to, it's necessary to think about data engineering as software engineering have that mindset and i think it's it's easier to find resources easier to move in this direction mm -hmm. for a data that? engineer mm -hmm. sorry i mean um not just because of the title but because of the uh, importance of research when i think of data engineers and even software engineers, I don't think of the research component so much. Of course, of course, exactly, because that, there usually is none, right? Uh, I mean, in, in, in the traditional sense. Uh, let's say let's say a generic task for a data scientist is they need to build some kind of new machine learning model. They look up the latest scientific articles about that. Mm -hmm. and then they try to implement whatever was in the scientific article right so um for a data engineer i would say a nice uh, nice start out with this would be to try to read more scientific articles get into that mindset because you need to be in a certain mindset to be able to at least for me to be able to to consume information in that sense <laughs> that form right uh and a good a good initial step but i think a lot of data engineers uh, do this honestly is uh, data anal analysis um, might sound might sound boring, but it is it is uh, very important for both roles. I think to be good at at basic data analyses, right? To know how to query your data, what to think of when you query the data, etc., etc., etc. How like if someone gives you a KPI that you're able to construct this KPI, etc. Right. So that would kind of be the, the the first steps, I think, in in that direction for for a data engineer, um, because like in uh, data engineering, like software engineering, has a lot of solved problems. Let's call them like that, right? You need to I don't know, build some kind of 
data pipeline or something, you can use an existing tool, right? You can use DBT, mm -hmm. you can use Spark, whatever, right? There, there, someone already solved it. Well, data scientists are solving different challenges. They're trying to solve something that maybe isn't exactly solved yet, or is solved but not in a not not in the way or form that they needed for their product for their KPIs. Mm -hmm. That that's I think the biggest difference in in, in reasoning. Mm, okay. Are, are there any tools that are different that a research engineer would use that perhaps a data engineer or a data scientist wouldn't use, or is it a, a merging of all of the, those tools as well as their skill sets? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Well, um, <clears throat> what I would say is that um, if you're a, depends, I, I would say the my when I think about tool choice, I think more about the overall uh, support that you have in the, in the company as well at the moment, right? So um, let's say uh, you're in a good place uh, where you have a lot of support. There's an infrastructure team. There's, let's say there's a data team that's already providing some kind of data platform. Then, then your tool choice should just be guided to fit with that, right? So mm -hmm. if there's already, if already somebody's running a, uh, elastic map MapReduce cluster, then you're just going to use tooling that's built on top of that. Let, 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 let's say like Spark, for example, or Apache Beam, or mm -hmm. um, I'm talking specifically about AWS, maybe in this sense, but just as an example, right? Um, or if somebody's already using Databricks, then you also use Databricks, right? You can use, you can write notebooks, you can do all kinds of stuff with Databricks as well. So it's more end to end, let's say. But um, in general, I think that notebooks like Jupyter Notebooks or any kind of notebooking platform are very much end-to-end, -end, but not completely, right? So it depends. Uh, some of them you can immediately even deploy uh, to production, but uh, with some of them, there's still some extra work need needed, right? Um, and of course, um, more a general tooling question, I mean, very general tooling question, uh, programming languages, right? I think the Python still wins. So Python still is the, the most, like if you're just starting out, it's best you just learn Python and uh, stick with it for a while <laughs> before trying to invent something else or use something else. All, uh, it's possible to do uh, both data engineering and data science in, in different languages. Scala comes to mind, especially for data engineering. But uh, I'm not sure it's worth it at immediately when when just jumping into this. I would I would if I could start if I was we were starting over I would definitely start with Python. Mm -hmm. Okay, brilliant. Uh, I'm conscious of time. Mm -hmm. At this stage, we usually uh, move on to the advice question. But I think throughout this pod podcast, you've given us lots of advice and tips for people who might consider a move into this position tasks and tools the advantages why getting in why to get into this area so my final question for you would be the future mm -hmm. what does it look like for businesses in terms of research engineering is this do you do you envision this to be a growing area Mm -hmm. period <laughs> um well uh i do 
I do, um, especially as, as companies uh, become more mature in their data capabilities, right? Like I said, I think it, there is a place for a research engineer in, in every company of, of a certain size, right? I mean, even for startups, maybe even especially for startups, right? So I see, I see this happening definitely. Um, and also maybe on a more bleak note, uh, given the current, current financial situation and financial, let's say, crisis that, that I, I think I can say crisis that we're going through with so many layoffs, uh, et cetera, I think it's, it's a good idea to broaden your skill set uh, because um, it makes you more valuable, right, to a company. So if you're a data engineer, you're thinking about how you can in increase your, your value for a company, I would suggest that that's a good idea. Same for a data scientist. Whilst uh, doing a more, let's say, bigger jump to, I don't know, to being a front-end developer or something that's, that's not, sounds maybe like in the similar area, might not bring you the same amount of value. Depends, but just as a general observation. Interesting. Thanks for that overview. Uh, um, great to hear your opinions as well. I think this area is a bit of a challenge for data scientists and data engineers to wrap their head around, especially given that those two positions are, are already quite broad and very, very challenging. Uh, and, and, you know, they demand different mindsets and, and different brain functions. So yeah, you, you're, you have clearly come from, uh, yeah, a strong position to to develop that uh that those skills and research engineering marco thanks very much for today i suggest if people have questions about the research engineer then you know i'd like to encourage them to get in touch with you um, of course and i think linkedin at the moment is usually the best way of doing so um so yeah once again thanks very much for that and I'll look forward to exploring a new topic with you sometime very soon. Sure. Thank you.